Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. With all the attention of late on SpaceX, you might not know that uh, NASA's still busily at work. They actually rolled onto the launch pad a new mega rocket to the moon and helping us figure out what that means and what's going to what we should expect when that actually blasts off. Dave Packer is a ABC News anchor and correspondent and joins us on a Friday. Dave, thanks for jumping on. Oh, absolutely, boy. Yeah, this is kind of a, an exciting time because NASA's been working on this for quite a while. But this is the first time they've actually stacked up this space launch system, which is this mega rocket. Uh, that it, It's kind of a multi-purpose rocket because uh, a be- first step would be to uh, go back to the moon. And then this is the same launch vehicle that they hope to eventually use with some modifications to eventually launch a mission to Mars, manned. Wow, uh, fantastic. And and so this is all uh, in preparation for the Artemis Project, which, of course, will take the first women uh, to the moon. Uh, so tell us about what we should expect as we look at this. And again, you described this rocket that they'll use for the moon, but then uh, beyond that. So what are what are we really looking at? Right. Well, it, the reason they rolled it out to the launch pad is to do what they call a wet re- rehearsal, wet test. Um, and what they'll do is they'll fill up the propellants, the liquid fuel, and they'll do the countdown. This is a complete run through of the countdown, uh, but just stop right around 10 seconds. So it's just before the engines would ignite. Then they're going to assess um, how the system is worked out. If there is any kinks, any trouble, anything unexpected, they're going to roll it back into that giant garage, that, that massive 35 plus story vehicle assembly building, um, which is about four, four miles away from the launch pad. They rolled it out to the launch pad last night, but they're going to roll it back take a look, and if everything went well, they're hoping that sometime this summer they can light that up and launch it and do a dress rehearsal without any people on it. So it'll be an unmanned flight uh, to fly around the moon uh, and then come back to Earth. It would land and basically test the whole system. If that works out, uh, they'll assess a little bit more. They'll make an astronaut selection. And we'll have our first astronaut since 1972 returning to the moon sometime around 2024. That's assuming everything goes well. And, of course, the funding holds up. And that's always a big question mark, too. <laughs> that's right. The funding is always uh, you got you got to have enough gas to get there and get back. Right. <laughs> Right. You have to have enough fuel and enough uh, money, I guess, too. <laughs> so that, uh, you know, that all has to be taken into account. Yeah. So as we as we look at that uh, again, and just I mean, it, 322 feet 
tall, that stack, right? Uh, it's just such an imposing thing, but I guess you figure if you got to get all the way to the moon, you, you got to have a little bit of firepower there. Talk to us just a little bit, though, in terms of uh, kind of the compare and contrast. It's uh, it's hard to believe it's been 50 years uh, since Apollo 17. Uh, what, what are the differences, and, and how have we progressed in, uh, man, 50 years in between uh, moonshots seems like an awfully long time. Well, if you think of the technology, I mean, this is a really elect with the electronics and avionics and all of that. It's, it's a completely new system. So that's why they're doing all of this testing. Um, if, if you look at it, it, it's actually taller than those massive Saturn V rockets we remember from the moon launch days. And it's actually more powerful, too. And that, you know, the Saturn V was the most powerful vehicle uh, that man ever built. This will surpass it with 8.8 million pounds of thrust, about 15 percent more powerful than the Saturn V. And it, it utilizes, if you look at it, there's some things that kind of look like a Saturn V, but there's also things that look like the shuttle because you see those solid rocket boosters, uh, one on each side, which are reminiscent of the shuttle. Uh, they borrowed some of that technology as well to, to give it some extra thrust. Those are, those are the solid rockets, extremely powerful that can uh, get it out beyond uh, the Earth's um, gravitational pull. And that allows them to use those um, what they call the wet rockets, um, you know, once it's into space for a longer duration for those, you know, eventual flights to Mars. But certainly it, it's going to be more powerful than what we ever sent to the moon. Uh, it'll probably a little bit overpowered for for a moon flight. But again, they, they have their eye on uh, that longer flight to Mars eventually. Yeah. And then final question for you, Dave, uh, for those of us who... I uh, still believe in that uh, NASA mission and, uh, and and all the other things that are happening with the private sector are awesome as well. Uh, why why do we continue to look to to space? Uh, that just still seems to thrill the imagination and uh, brings everyone together, kind of around a common goal. Uh, what is it that you sense, and what do you expect to see, especially uh, with this whole? I love the naming of Artemis. That was a, a genius move in and of itself. Uh, as we look at having our first women on the moon. Uh, but what are you seeing? What are you watching uh, in the years ahead? Well, I think there's a whole generation that doesn't remember that were, wasn't even alive when the or several generations, actually, since the the original moon landings and uh, didn't, you know, and, and again, we've had we're in, in this era of SpaceX and, and, you know, circling around the Earth and in low Earth orbit where it's kind of become routine. But, you know, we haven't any, had any of these kind of bold missions and. Uh, you know, again, the, the whole ultimate um, ultimate goal of this, uh, actually landing on another planet, never mind the moon, was is just something that I think is not only not only something that brings the country together, but brings the world together. Mm. And if you remember those days, if those of us who are old enough, uh, or even if you watch some of the old footage, uh, you, you see people in every country. Uh, regardless of their political slant or leanings, uh, just kind of coming together in one moment. And in these, you know, certainly turbulent times, uh, maybe it's something uh, that could help us in, in some small way uh, unite humanity, something that's going on all the way out in space, bringing us all back together here on Earth. Yeah, fantastic. Dave Packer, ABC News anchor and correspondent. Always appreciate your perspective, and uh, we'll continue to watch this one uh, as we uh, look once again towards the moon and beyond. Dave, thanks for joining us. You bet. Have a great weekend, boys. Uh, I think it's so important that we do have these kinds of things, and, and not just from the uniting perspective which i think is super important uh, does create that unifying moment 
But I think the more we look to space, uh, to the moon and beyond, it also uh, helps us with a, an added dose of humility and realizing how small we are in the universe. And for all of our great advancements and, and technology, we are still just this tiny little spot <laughs> in the in the grandeur of the universe. And I think that's an important thing for us to recognize uh, is that for all of our self-importance and self-promotion and narcissistic view of the world, uh, and even the galaxy, uh, we're just, we're really small and recognizing our place in it. Uh, we have a, an important responsibility uh, to play our part, to do what we can do to preserve uh, the planet uh, and uh, the people who are here. And so that unifying component, that humbling component, I think that's one of the uh, important lessons that we learned from studying nature in general and space in particular is you just realize how small we are and that proper perspective that all of these things I'm fighting with my neighbor about or I'm blowing up somebody's Twitter feed over today uh, are not that big a deal really in the grand scheme of things. Those will pass uh, before the day is done and all of us should be looking beyond conversations that go beyond the day-to-day, uh, interactions that are more meaningful than just the moment, uh, conversations that are beyond just the, the arguments and, and making a point. Uh, we've got to be looking at things uh, just slightly different, and I think uh, exploring the moon and the stars and beyond uh, helps us get the right kind of cosmic perspective and our proper place in the world. We'll step aside for one last commercial break. Coming up, final thoughts on a Friday. Stay with us here on KSL News Radio. More inside sources coming up next. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind, only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com. Follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen.